Welcome to Survivor Cast International. I'm Cody. I'm Jacqueline. And today on the pod, we're talking Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcasts, week number four, episodes 13 through 16. I know we're a little late. It's been a week. We're a little bit late, but I think it's going to be worth it. Totally. We haven't given ourselves any spoilers. We don't know what's going on. Spoil free on this week. And that really just means you're going to get lots of content back to back. You can binge through eight episodes worth of us talking. Yes. I mean, like, not eight episodes of us. But us recapping eight episodes over two episodes. I know all you other Survivor <laughs> podcasters out there can feel my pain. It's fucking... Di- and so many of you are just doing exit interviews, which is maybe the way to go. Just talking to the people who went home that week. Meh. It's just tough to, like, wrangle four episodes into a recap once a week. I think we're fucking killing it. We are killing it. Pew, pew. We're South Africa killing it. <laughs> all right. So, like we do, we like to talk about those people... Who got booted at the top. This week's In Memoriam. Unless you had any information or news or any shit like that to talk about. No news, no information. I think we dive right in to week four. The people have been waiting for our coverage. They're thirsty for it. Let's not deny them any longer. I will tell you, Cody... I think this is the first week where we've had four people go home. And I am content with three of the four exits this week. Wow. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Only one person did it hurt. (laughs) Did it hurt so much. Especially when we get to this point of the game, when you lose four people in a week and you're pretty happy with how things are shaking up still, I mean, the game's moving in a good direction. You feel so-so on that statement? I I got mildly distracted halfway through your statement because this is the first time I've realized what song this actually is. <laughs> it's the piano version of Mm-mm-mm by the Crash Test yes. Dummies. I'm like, oh... That's what's happening here. <laughs> I think it works well as in memoriam it, music. It does until the middle of it. Until we get this far into it. Where... I hope you play this at my funeral in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks? I had a premonition. Cody. I'm going to be cast on and then killed on the set of Survivor South Africa. Oh, God. You can't leave me as a widow that early. What if they offer you the Survivor UK hosting job to make up for it? If you die. If I die. How long of a contract is it? 30 years. And all the crumpets you can eat. And a penthouse in the Tower of London. Pass. <laughs> all right. Let's jump in to who went home this week in Survivor South Africa. All right. So first we're going to talk episode 13. 
first of the week, going to Tribal, and this is the first post-merge Tribal for Phil, Phoenix, Dino, and Kalarni. Tejan's a little bit feisty at this Tribal. I think we have a bit of a theme of Tejan being... Oh! Oh? Sorry. I don't know if that hit. I don't think I was clear enough. This is the first post-merge tribal, but Phil, Phoenix, Dino, and Killarney... Phoenix? Felix? Felix, sorry. I don't know why I said Phoenix. (laughs) Phil, because it went right after Phil. Phil, Felix, Dino, and Killarney never made it to merge before. Oh, damn. They've never experienced a post-merge tribal. It's so exciting. I'm so proud of all of them. I just felt like that was needed to double down on attention must be paid the moment must be underlined felix specifically talking about how it's all new to him felix rising like a phoenix yes that's another reason why (laughs) and then there's a lot of talk on like the ripple effect of how every action has a reaction in this game and that's a big deal dante's rocking his pink sweater at this tribal yes loving that is that your uh no, no, okay. it's not. Just a note. Uh, lots of talk on just the need to remain fluid at this point in the game. That alliances are going to come and go, and you've got to be able to work with different people. Dante brings up that he's continually needing to play against his own ego, or like the idea of your ego. You need to like humble yourself in this game, not let yourself get too big of a head or get too like. Not be tempted by making big moves all the time. Yes. And yeah. And then Felix goes to vote. Dante's got his big ring. He's wearing some big old ring. It looks like a Super Bowl ring or something. Um, It's raining at this tribal. And a little didgeridoo on the soundtrack. And Tajian plays his idol at this tribal. Did he have to? Was this the last time? He didn't necessarily. I don't think he had to. And as we see how the votes will shake out, he, you know, he was in some hot water, but not going to go home if he hadn't played it. Correct. So the votes come in. Sneaky, sneaky, naughty, naughty. One vote on Meryl. One vote on Dante. Three votes on Tajian. Four votes on Tony. Oh, wait. Sneaky, sneaky, naughty, naughty. <laughs> That's when I should have put that in. I think we have to talk about how Tony definitely has the least graceful exit from the game. A hundred percent. And she puts a huge fucking target on Dino's back. Dante. Dante's back. Sorry. She calls Dante babe multiple times. Hey, you've got my vote at the end, babe. I'm rooting for you, Dante. Dante's gonna win. Tells the tribe that she's super disappointed in all of them. And you almost think that she's joking at first, but absolutely is not. No. And like when she was like kind of teasing them while she was getting votes, I thought that she was gonna take it lightly. No, absolutely not. Not light. Calls herself the mayor of Ponderosa because she's going to be the first person (laughs) at Ponderosa and our very first jury member. Yes, we love that for her. Everyone voted off is now headed to the jury. Correct. A new element of the game to consider. Absolutely. Every single person you vote out is going to decide who makes them two million. 
And then we get Tony's very emotional talking head at the end. You're not about to pull a quote into this, are you, Cody? Because uh, that uh, encroaches on quote corner okay. and my game. Even though she rhymes? I mean, you're probably not allowed to do it. It's just hilarious that Do she, it. Fine. Say your quote. They took me for a fool, and that's not cool. Okay, cool. That's Very not funny. the quote I was going to say. No, it's so. not cool, says Tony. It's uh, right. not cool to take her for a fool. Correct. But that's not the quote I was going to use, so I'm glad that you got that in there. I'm a little disappointed that Tony's not able to better take a blind side. I mean, I think that the quote I'll share does show that she does get a little softer Okay. with it. She says they proper lied. They proper <laughs> lied to me. They did proper lie. Tony, do better, but we'll miss you. We will miss you. But not so much that we won't move right along to episode 14 and tribal number two of the week. Lucky for Dino, this is the episode where his arch nemesis finally exits the game. Maybe unlucky for Dino, he's headed to the jury. But here's the thing. Is it because Tony just straight up said that she'll vote for him? Dante should be like, hey, I'll vote for you, Dino. You won, Dino. Dino, you've got my vote. <laughs> Just like constantly pass that curse along. So funny. No, I don't think that's uh, insightful. And I maybe didn't notice it just through watching through this week. It's very interesting. And I don't think a coincidence that Dante is voted off the tribal after Tony mm -hmm. is like, hey, babe, you've got my vote. Babe. And Meryl or Marion, I think, is like, fuck Dante. Tony likes him so much. Let's send him to be to together. Ponderosa. Um, yeah. You know what is a hot fucking mess this tribal, though? Tell me about it. Tajian. Tajian again having a messy tribal. He's such a messy messerton. He's had a messy week. He's a real sloppy boy. He says he's not in the controlling alliance, that the controlling alliance is just cruising <laughs> through the game. And they can do anything they want. Fuckers. But they run the risk of goading themselves. Mm. And specifically, the ladies have all the power, just like in the real world, outside of Survivor. Yeah, fuck those women. It's a matriarchy out there, am I right, fellas? It's a woman-eat-woman woman world, and all us men are just their... Little cooks. Cooks. <laughs> <laughs> cooks and cucks, that's all men are. Yep. That's a t-shirt. Cooks and cucks. Cooks and cucks. And then it says Survivor Cast International <laughs> on the back. I love it. Look for our Cooks and Cucks shirt coming in 2023. <laughs> are you going to put that on your t-shirt ideas list? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Cooks and Cucks. <laughs> what does that mean? You tell me, baby. Go listen to our podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> on the back, it should say listen to my podcast. <laughs> Just point to the back. Cuts. Cuts. <laughs> Cooks okay. and cuts. Cuts of meat. Cuts on your hands from cuts cooking. on my meat. Dante is not expecting this at all. Not whatsoever. Like, like, Joe, the fucking, <laughs> I can't even get the words. It's hilarious to me how little Dante is expecting this. He really has not been keyed into the social aspect of the game. I feel like he's been blindsided by thinking that Meryl is his number one secondhand man who's giving him solid info, when really she's been 
actively against him for several rounds at this point. She's been leading the charge to get you out, Dante. And just sick of working with him. And then, I mean, there's a little bit of, like, people ribbing Tajian. Killarney is like, oh, you're just scrambling. And I feel like it's the first time that she's shown up this week is at the end of the second episode. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, fuck, Killarney's still in the season. She's a little more active in the second half of this week. Correct. Killarney is, like, she makes a point later on this week that talks about, like, It's better to blend in and not, like, stick your head out. And you can tell that that is her strategy in this game. Absolutely. But the host calls her on it, like, "Mm, that's not how you're going to fucking win, bitch. Killarney, I don't know. It's Killarney's a very interesting player at this point. I think there's a big question of, like, is Killarney delusional? Is Killarney two steps behind? Is Kalarni playing such a low-key game that she's going to be perceived as like being a goat and that's going to bite her in the back? Or is she going to get to the end and be able to reveal all this stuff and point to like, oh, look, I was a part of all these moves? Or is she delusional in thinking that she's orchestrating these moves? Mm. I, I mean, mean we'll talk I think about it's that. a little bit of the latter, but maybe a touch of the former. Well, and it's there's two very clear strategies of play there's playing to get to the end and playing to win and playing to win more often than not does not allow you to get to the end i think you need a mix of the two i think you need you have to play an under the radar game you maybe don't want to be winning the cars you maybe want to keep things like that in mind but you cannot play too under the radar i mean maybe she's just waiting for her time too like maybe maybe Keep it under the radar until, like, final six and then just fucking blow up the world. I don't know. Hashtag blow up the world Killarney style. All right. So Tajian, he just continues having a very messy, argumentative, and defensive night at Tribal. But he's not even the fucking target. I know. Marion calls him a hypocrite openly. Um, Nico is like, Dante, you seem irritated. What's going on? And then Dante's like, you know, everything's fine. Not too much. (laughs) Quit talking to me. I'm trying Um, to blend. Steffi says, the first of a couple of times Steffi will reiterate this point was like, the the ship is steady. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got this thing worked out. Everything's fine. Let's just let the steady ship continue on its path. Yeah, it's like, we have a plan those who are on with the plan, let's just fucking stick to the motherfucking plan. An appeal often made on Survivor yes. that rarely lasts for long. And I, understandably, people want to mix it up. And someone's always well, on the bottom of that plan. And sticking to the plan leaves you with six people at the end that then what the fuck are you going to do? Then you've got to, And when, who's going to make the first move? And exactly. The sooner I can do that before someone else expects it, hashtag meaning hashtag not waiting you know to actually stick with the plan and keep my alliance that's going to give them the edge but it also means you're losing alliances early okay Killarney goes to vote first yes she does there are no idols played not a thing Tony is looking real hot over on the jury Mm -hmm. in both a good and a bad way the votes come in one vote for Dino one vote for Tajian. Five votes for Dante. 
At the fourth vote, Dante grabs his bag, stands up to get his torch, and doesn't even watch Nico read it. But he does say, well done, guys. Yep. Good job. Meaning he has a bit more of a humble exit than Tony. He gets a standing ovation, but doesn't turn around, just walks the fuck out. We get a quote from Nico. Another blindside, and so satisfying because they never see them coming. Just remember that when you're at the top, you can't always see what's brewing at the bottom. Exactly. Um, Dante is like, I'm fucking stuck with Tony <laughs> at Ponderosa. So, so funny that that's pretty much all he says. <laughs> He's like, ultimately, head. it's a game. I was really expecting to be cut out at six or seven. I thought I'd make it a few more rounds. They got me sooner than expected. Fuck, now I have to go spend the rest of this fucking time with Tony. I re- he, he pretty much is like, I respect the move. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm big enough of a fan of the game that I can relish being blindsided a little bit. Yes. And then we roll into episode 15. Our third tribal and vote out. We open this tribal with Nico saying, who's getting blindsided tonight? Just speaking to the fact that post- merge every vote has been a blindside this is i mean clearly the vote that breaks my heart it's painful because not only is it a pod favorite going home but it's a dissolution of a alliance that i really had high hopes for i just there is the male counter alliance to this alliance. The no that, BS alliance to the full package alliance. That's able to keep their fucking shit together. And it's like, ladies, come on. At least keep it together as long as the boys do. I think they're literally going to have kept it together for one week longer. Mm. But it is Does a Does that mean you know a spoiler? Just inklings of things come through. And also just I don't think they can keep it together much longer Hmm. that inevitably the same thing is going to happen that paranoia and i think it's going to most likely be felix who is going to be the linchpin phil and dino are so tight in it i see them getting to final four together at minimum but i do wish the ladies could have at least broken up the no bs alliance like you said at least outlasting the boys um I was really like, Steffi's got a fucking idol. So my notes are basically like, Steffi, look around. Please notice, Steffi. Steffi, pick up on their, like, I mean, me knowing everyone's side conversations. (laughs) I'm like, fuck, Steffi, please. Marion speaks on how you have to trust your gut and shoot your shot, kind of putting you in what her mentality is at this tribal. Meryl says that she has not promised a final with anyone that should be fucking steffi's like that that's the fucking red flag steffi Steffi hears this and she does visibly frown because meryl yeah she makes this very distinctive point of you know promise is a big deal i take promises to be very important i have not specifically made any promises to anyone If you're in an alliance with Meryl, that's definitely a worrisome thing to hear. And, like, granted, you're aiming to blindside her, but hearing this, your, like, your senses should have kicked in. Fucking waste the idol over going home with it, right? 100%. Like, anything like that is said, use the fucking idol. So funny that Shane is like, oh, there's just too many people to manage. I operate on blind faith alone. Okay. Maybe don't say that out loud, Shane. Yes. 
Tajan says that the three ladies are still the center of power. Mm-hmm. And why would they relinquish that? Why would they allow that to slip from their grasp? Yeah. Why would you ladies? And then Steffi reiterates her steady ship narrative, mm-hmm. appealing to them like this is working for us. We're in the seat of power, as Tajan said. Let's let this ship continue on its course. And we fucking go to vote. Go to vote. Oh, Steffi does have like a really long-winded plane analogy that does kind of break down and doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's not even worth it. <laughs> okay. Tajan. Oh, Felix goes to vote first. Yes. No idols played. No. And then the votes come in. Fucking heartbroken. Four on Meryl. Five on Steffi. Steffi looks very peeved. Yeah. She doesn't say a word. Silent walkout. Gives a very non-animated, quick, like, Mm -hmm. over-the-shoulder, one-hand wave. Gets applause. And then Nico says, gloves off. Game on fucking kill we don't even really get a talking head from no she like has zero interest in continuing now having to go spend time with the two people she just like voted out like Dante and Tony yeah led a vote out on and I guess that brings us to episode 16 our fourth and final vote out of the week and we come into this tribal with the full package alliance completely dead the last remnants Meryl and Marion actively at each other's throat at this tribal. I mean, Meryl had to expect that. You had, I mean, even though they were against you, like, you took out her best mate. Absolutely. Nico senses the animosity between them and asks them what's going on. Marion calls Meryl the popular girl at camp. Which is a very funny insult to lop her away. Yeah. And just like insulting in such a way that's like. Seems very petty. Yes. Seems very high school. Like, why do you need a. Oh, you don't like that other people like me? Fuck you. I guess it could speak to an attitude (laughs) and a mentality, but at least one from the edit we've been seeing, I haven't picked up from on Meryl. Absolutely. Dino has a little bit of an interesting talking head where he talks about how, you know, the number one priority is to outlast. So any way you get that done is valid. And also that a true fan of Survivor doesn't just want anyone to win. Right. They want a specific type of player to represent the season for it to be a good season. And that might outweigh the want to eliminate certain players. Absolutely. Like I'd rather get rid of a certain type of player before another certain type of player, regardless of how that ultimately right. Even if it plays would, out, yeah, it might behoove my game to bring this type of player to the end. But is that the type of person that I want to maybe win or who I even want in the final three or final four, whatever. It right. Is? To represent us. And then they do kind of talk about, like, you know, the value of labels and the harm of labels and what is a goat and is calling someone a goat valid at all? Is that a valid form of gameplay? There are various ways to get to the end and all that. And something very fun happens here. And we'll talk about it later on in the episode as well. But, like, Meryl is specifically aiming to use her advantage of sending someone, including herself, right, back from tribal so that they don't get a vote. 
it's a scheme. But they're that, also safe. Right. That she has cooked up with people that she thinks are aligned with her, but are really using this to their advantage to vote Meryl off. Exactly. So she sends Marion, who has immunity. Well, and I think her thought and everyone else's thought that she discusses with is like, okay, she already can't be voted for, so might as well send her so she's just getting rid of her vote. Exactly. We can't target her. So, But did anyone fucking think that Marion would do what she did? Which is, as Marion, so Meryl plays her tribal pass, sends Marion back to pass, and then Marion bequeaths her immunity to Shane. She she asks Nico, can I give this up and still leave? And he's like, well, yeah, you fucking are being sent away. You can do whatever you want with your necklace. And like, it's your immunity. You right. want it. So fucking smart. It's such a crazy power move. That nobody expected. Everyone Not is gagged. Shane is like, oh, damn, this keep this gets weirder by the minute. And I don't even know why Shane necessarily. But I don't know. I guess it, you know, probably makes him feel warmed up to you. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to go out of order here. But since we're talking about it, this is my ultimate survivor moment of the week. Oh, damn. The, I mean, like, how can you fucking not give it to this moment? Okay, we've got to circle back. I, we got, will, okay, it's crazy we'll that you played it. your cards there. That's why. I, it's just like, how do you not? It's so good. It's a good moment. It's okay. a very good moment. Um, Shane goes to vote first. Yep. The votes come in. Two votes on Killarney. Five votes on Meryl. Meryl hoisted by her own petard. But all smiles. Meryl is like, oh, they they got me. Meryl, I think for I really like Meryl. I'm as sad to see Meryl go as I am to see Steffi go. I would have loved to see Meryl win this season. And she, for me, definitely has the best attitude. A hundred percent. It's like, so funny. Her she has that 50-50 coin yep. in her talking head at the end. She's like, Well, let's give it a flip. Flip. She should have should have fucking played the coin. Insane that she didn't play the coin. She didn't expect at all to be the I person know. going I, home. But you have it, I don't know. And she mentioned maybe playing it. I love when the votes come in for her. She yells treachery. Treachery. Yeah, it's great. And then yeah, Killarney also looks pretty unhappy that two votes came in on her. And Meryl gets the double applause. They yes. sit in applause, and then it's stand up and applaud her as well. I, she was great. Well, and that is our in memoriam for the week. Yeah, those are who was kicked off. Are you ready to head into some awards? Am I ready to head into some awards? I think it's the only thing left to do before several other things. I mean, it's like definitely not the last thing to do, but. It is something we need to do, and it comes next on our schedule. All right, let's hand out our Amanda Hoosen, Miss Congeniality, our Whoopi Goldberg, Serafina, Teachable Moment of the Week, our RuPaul Fashionista Award, and our Hein Vazlu Ultimate Survivor Award of the Week. Here we go. So we roll into awards with our Miss Congeniality, Amanda Hoosen Award. And Cody, what was your Miss Congeniality moment of the week? I had to award this player Miss Congeniality of the week for a um, back-to-back 
double punch miscongeniality moment of mm. such grace and good sportsmanship that okay. it felt undeniable that they would get it this week to me. Okay. This week, I'm awarding the Miss Congeniality Amanda Hoosen Award to Meryl for her choice in inviting. I got to get who the correct people are here quick. Give me a uh, moment. Dino. Dino, Steffi, whom she calls Rice Girl in the moment. <laughs> and Phil. And Phil to the Chinese food reward because they were the people who did not get to eat anything at the merge feast, which we will talk about more uh, in a moment. Okay. When we get to challenges. And then, if that wasn't enough, when they go on the Chinese food reward, choosing to relinquish the food in favor of blankets to bring back to the tribe, really cinched it in my book to award Meryl Miss Congeniality of the Week. I think that's a horrible choice. What? Oh my goodness. <clears throat> um, because it's all just bullshit to not invite Dante. And then uh, she gets the blankets. I mean, you think it's all bullshit not to invite Dante? I mean, and to try to build some comeuppance with people that have power. Yes, a thousand percent. I think she truly felt bad for Steffi for not getting to eat anything and i she think she did that... she stevie got the big bowl of rice okay you know what i mean of not getting yes. stevie was like hyper fixated <laughs> on wanting to do the merge feast and being bummed that they had to work for the merge feast and then was so brokenhearted at only getting rice and then dino and phil also got no food and meryl herself got the coin we'll talk about all this more in a moment i think there probably is a real sense of camaraderie between those players of like, oh, we didn't fucking get any like tasty replenishing food. Let's go get Chinese food. And I think it probably was legitimately a pretty tough choice to give up the food for the blankets for the blankets. And like, oh, you know, I'm a mama bear. I take care of people. It's been very cold back at camp. This is going to be such a big thing to bring back. I think there is some genuine sweetness in there. Okay. I think we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I'll I'll accept. Okay. Lay it on me. Who is your miscongeniality of the week? My miscongeniality is for a very similar reason. Okay. Marion. Love it. Who for... I will say has a, quite the collection of miscongeniality awards <laughs> under her belt at this point. I mean, she's just basically seasons miscongeniality she's practically sandra bullock at uh, this point fucking no joke um for her outpost decision um of choosing rice instead of the clue for the idol and her referencing because her mom said to play with her heart okay and like she doesn't get anything like at all i will talk about this more i am just a little bit confused at why she chooses to frame it the way she does and why she isn't just fully honest about I, what happened. I agree. I think it's silly that she's not fully honest. But there's really nothing that she's gaining from that dishonesty. It's right. just kind of a weird choice in the moment. Right. Just a little bit more sympathy and also like not putting it into people's heads that an idle clue was at all involved. It's completely correct. Like yeah. let's keep it fully food focused so nobody gets any ideas. You're right. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's a good choice. Marion, I think Marion's always kind of my number two. She's always like definitely in my top three in contention for always Miss Congeniality. In the always in the running, right? Always. I like actively sometimes pick someone else just to not keep giving it to Marion. I mean, it's she's always doing the most congenial thing. She's always being super congenial. Yeah, she is. All right. Should we move on to fashionista of the week? Fashion. 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 Who is your ultimate fashionista of week four? Episode 16. Shane decides to make some new outfits. (laughs) His one shoulder, which I thought it was just the one top, but then take us to tribal. He's doing it with a whole nother top. So I think it's just like a whole new persona for him it's like someone discovering a crop top for the first time and then like embracing it hashtag hot girl summer um hashtag hot girl shane summer shane mer episode 16 oh shane starts rocking the toga look it is really the toga look (laughs) and i think it works so well for shane because he does have this like from the theater or like classically trained i'm a roaming poet type way of speaking or describing things sometimes when he has his big flowing scarf yes i will say shane you better start switching which shoulder it's on otherwise you're gonna have a really uneven tan (laughs) i love it i think i love when a man can cinch the fashionista award hell fucking yeah how about you cody i'm gonna have to give it to steffi is it that episode one dress she wears it a couple of times throughout the week, but it is this, she's like sitting on rocks yes. and it's very windswept, this green floral dress mm-hmm. that looks wonderful on her. She's crazy to even be rocking a dress on the island. Like that. Like you look like a fucking goddess. It's crazy. And just the wind and everything, it's all working in her favor. I will say now that we've reached post-merge, We'll also have fresh-faced jury looks in contention for Fashionista of the Week. Okay, I love it. So, like, shit is opening wide up now. Should we potentially, starting next week, have a jury, a separate jury fashion corner? Nope. Just a general pool that they're now a part of? Nope. Including with the... I agree, yes. Or they're all mixed together. Everybody's together. Love it. We're all in this together. Good, because we do, honestly, we're going to need some new <laughs> fashion That's the thing. avenues to explore. Unless shit like Shane keeps happening, we're going to need the help. Yeah, Shane's going to be like, I don't know, making more crazy outfits, cutting off pants in the shorts. <laughs> I love it. All right, Cody. Is it time to move to Teach our me. Serafina teachable moment of the week? Teach me. In honor of the 90s Whoopi Goldberg movie, Serafina, hashtag Serafina, hashtag get Serafina to a thousand, hashtag go listen to our Serafina episode. We're like ridiculously close at this point. Like, could be before the school year even, and the school year's in a week and a half, motherfuckers. I won't say that that episode gets a listen every day. But every three days at the very least. (laughs) For an episode that's over a year old and about a movie that's like 30 years old, that's not too bad. It's a fucking gem. Just like the song's a jam. I wonder if we Google Serafina if we'll now be in the Google search for Serafina. Should we Google Serafina quick? 
I think we should. I'm like, just, just, just see if we're in it because when you bring it up on Spotify, <laughs> we're certainly in the search. See, IMDb, Wikipedia, Rotten Tomatoes, Disney Wiki, YouTube, Amazon. So we're not no. Wikipedia for the musical Robert Ebert, Roger Ebert film re- review. Okay. Okay. What does Serafina mean? Baby names. As a girl's name is a Hebrew name, and the name Serafina means burning ones. Ooh. So we're not quite there yet. Okay. Not by a long shot. Okay. But someday I hope to be on, you know. Maybe within... when we're shooting for 10,000 instead of 1,000. Hashtag get Serafina to 10,000. Hashtag Serafina who Dafina? Hashtag who Dafina? You Dafina. Sarah Dafina. All right, Jackie, what is your, or do you want me to go first? <laughs> you can go first. My Serafina teachable moment of the week. Hashtag Whoopi Goldberg. I am giving it to Mr. Phil. Okay. For his peeing the pants moment <laughs> that we'll talk about a little bit more when oh, we go God. through challenges. Yes, we will. And I think it's a teachable moment on two fronts. Okay. A teachable moment to be prepared, to plan ahead, <laughs> to use the bathroom before any major <laughs> life events or challenges <laughs> or strenuous activities. Or trips. Or trips. If you're going to go in the car. Or have to stand somewhere for a long time, like in a line or something. Or if you're on Survivor and you're about to compete in an immunity challenge, use the bathroom ahead of time. Yeah. Also, though, it's a lesson on perseverance. Because Phil peed his pants and then he stuck it out and went on to win that challenge. True that. And won the respect of his tribe mates back. Because the third teachable thing from this event is that if you pee your pants during a competition... You have to then win that competition. And then rinse yourself. And then rinse yourself. But you can't pee your pants and then lose. lose. That's too much. Yes. Because you can, you know, the means justify the ends. I peed my pants, but I fucking won, motherfucker. Yeah. Fuck you. You didn't win, and you didn't pee your pants, so. <laughs> you double loser. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is your Serafina Teachable Moment of the Week? I, my Serafina Teachable Moment of the Week is episode 15 love it uh at the end of the fucking immunity and reward tajian fucking begging on his knees to dino oh my gosh to take him on this reward and the teachable thing here is don't lose your dignity no matter what you want to do or what's happening around you. Don't lose your dignity. Also, is this after he fucking, like, gets the... This is after he gets the fucking thing from Meryl, right? Yes. So can't you just fucking... No, no, it's before. It's before. Because I think it... he gets that, I believe, after the final tribal for voting. Oh, because on... he voted out Steffi? Yeah, it's for voting out Steffi. That's why. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. He would have. Well, just, thank if, fucking God, because like... then that would be the most absurd thing in the entire world. It's that he didn't get to go on that one. <laughs> That's why, why it's so juicy. That deal was so sweet. <laughs> okay, he couldn't okay. resist. Well, we'll talk about that more later. But this was like, 
the cringiest South African survivor moment yet. And I, it's like, ooh. It turns everyone against him, too. Well, and it's like, you asked to come with, and then, again, get on your knees and beg to come with. Portasian. He has a messy week because he also <laughs> comes very close to winning multiple immunity challenges and then it slips out of his grasp. And then he has this whole moment. Tajian, if there's a messy bitch award, I'm giving it to you this week. Yeah. All right. He needs to be taught because he's a messy bitch. Should and then last but not least. Our Hein Vosloo Ultimate Survivor of the Week. Would you like to go first? Since we already know mine, we'll go into it a little bit longer. A little bit more. So, well, I guess we don't really need to go into it much at all. But I'll just remind you, Break my, my teachable moment Not is, your teachable moment, your ultimate survivor moment. Oh, yes, moment. my ultimate survivor moment is, huh, I'm going to give it to Marion again. So Marion won two awards from me this week. Damn. Hell yeah. Marion, you're on fire. On fucking fire. When being sent back to camp by Meryl, which is maybe the sloppiest, dumbest move of the week, she asks if she can give up her immunity necklace and still leave tribal. And it's like, well, it's your necklace. You're still here, so you can do what you fucking want with it. And you were already told that you're going back, so yep. And she gives her necklace up to shame. Baller move. Power move. Super, super, like, out-of-the-box thinking. Hashtag Survivor South Africa. Girl boss. Out of the boss. Out of the boss? Yes. But that <laughs> is my ultimate Survivor moment. How the, about you, the Cody? The ghost of Hein Vosloo was truly... Celebrating. Inhabiting Marion at that moment. It was fantastic. Possessing her, even. Puppeting her. My Hein Vosloo, ultimate survivor of the week. And it's a moment that I stand behind even more because we were just ribbing on him a little bit. I am awarding Tajian the Hein Vosloo, ultimate what? survivor moment of the week. How? For one perfect crystallized moment at the very end of the merge feast reward challenge a plate Taking remains his amazing karate spin kick destroying the plate making him the ultimate survivor was that your original that, ultimate survivor that was moment my original ultimate survivor moment Whereas i revealed you... to cody over the very or like in between our like quick moments that I only revealed my ultimate survivor moment earlier because I had forgotten that this was the moment that I had wanted to be my ultimate survivor. Because when I was going over my notes, I chose the Tajian kicking the plate moment. But you didn't tell me that the no. other moment that you had chosen and discarded was the Tajian kicking the plate moment. Exactly. You're like, oh, I had this not great moment that I settled for. But then I thought of something way better. <laughs> oh, no. Whereas I'm like, fuck, yes, Tajian kicking the plate. He is the ultimate survivor, no matter what else happens. Because he pulled off that karate kick. I forgot that I had said that it was because it was it was something I had settled for. I'm sorry. I don't mind. <laughs> I stand behind my choice. All right. Now that we've talked awards, let's dive into this week's challenges. 
The first challenge that we have is the Merge Feast Reward Challenge. We get the breakdown of what some of the food rewards are. They're but... under. So what they're doing is they're yes. coming in. They've got like slingshots and rocks and they have to. No, marbles. Marbles. And they have to break two plates each. Once you break your two plates, you can run over. Some of the dishes are covered. Some are not. Choose your delicacy. And it's a little bit unclear how long the feast lasts because it's not till everyone's done. It's like slightly longer past that. It's like until everyone's satisfied, I think. It's like you can hang out and eat yeah. for as long as you want. Do you think they're taking a page from 42 and making the merge feast situation a little bit less of a given, a little more difficult? I don't know if it's necessarily being taken from from. I think maybe it's just like, how can we make this a game? How yeah, can we? A little how more can challenging. We, yeah. What's a natural elevation of this? So, yeah, a little bit of the breakdown of what is under some of the plates. We've got a South African breakfast. Now, I want to know what the difference between a full South African breakfast and a full UK breakfast is. Because this is like, or a full English breakfast. What's the difference between a full English breakfast and a full South African breakfast? Because they're both like popularized things. Like there's not a full American breakfast that I know of. I mean, there, there kind technically of is. is. It's, there, like it's like a grand two slam, eggs and toast, toast and a piece of meat and hash browns, I guess. But like, I don't know. Curious. Curious what the difference there is. Um, there's bultong with okay, beer, gonna... which is that kind of like pork rind, maybe? Or do you think it's full? Is it like bull's tongue? tongue? I don't maybe for breakfast. Most South Africans eat some kind of hot cooked cereal, such as putu pop served with milk and sugar. I don't want to know what yeah, most eat. Seem... I want a full South African breakfast. I have a picture of the South African. It looks like you've got some meat, some beans, some tomato, some mushrooms, some, some toast. Fruit? Little fruit and preserve preserves, situation. Tomatoes. It's very. It looks very similar to a full very, English. Very breakfast. similar to an English breakfast. I think a lot of European countries have like this. Oh, this is a full, complete breakfast, and it usually has some beans, and it's maybe even based on some colonialism. South maybe... Africa is not at all connected to Europe, though. Well, but I, I get know the, colonialism. the colonial aspect okay, is what yes. I'm saying. I there's definitely that a shadow culture, yeah, of Europe sure. hanging over it. But yes, you're right. It's not a part of Europe. <laughs> I was just thinking like the connection to England, England specifically. Um, and England is part of the UK. And I think there's a differentiation between that and greater Europe. I don't fucking know. Geography, man. We're dumb Americans. So and then there's an egg in there somewhere. Yeah. Lots so, of stuff. Felix is the first to get his two plates broken. And he decides to go for the ribs and chips. Not going to take any chances. Now, is it like chips or fry chips? Like fries? I chips? bet it's fries would yeah. be my guess. Steffi is the second to get both of her plates, but she's very indecisive on what she's going to choose. Asks God to guide her. He guides her to a big fucking bowl of rice. She is so upset. It's she such, like cries. It's a real big bummer for her. And... It hangs over multiple parts of the episode going forward. Yes. Shane, he gets his two plates, and then like a real mensch stays in to help other people break their plates. Marian. 
I would like go fucking put your thing at your seat and then help people, man. It's, I mean, maybe he should have fucking won Miss Congeniality because he's on that oh, next level. That is, we should have given that to Shane. <laughs> maybe next time, Shane. Maybe next time. That toga, I don't know. It soured him on me. <laughs> but I mean, it really is that next level of helping people. He doesn't even go and claim a food before helping someone else. Uh, Phil is next and he takes a covered thing. He gets rice and spice. Yes. Shane finally goes and gets a burger. Mm. Marion gets the full yes. South African breakfast. Right. Dino um. gets a pouch. And it, we learn later that it's the save the date. Advantage. Advantage, which, which I don't fully understand. No, it's like it was briefly explained here. And then a little bit later, too. But I I'm don't still iffy it. on it. It's something that helps someone else. And he will later speak to Marion about it, how he feels like she would be like a great representation of the season. He'd be happy if she won. It's like it's something that seems to be alliance and bond forming. That's what I'm. It's like, I wonder Dante is saying all of this to Marion. Dino or Dante? Sorry. Dino is saying all of this to Marion. Don't get them confused. They're yin and yang. You're right. Sworn enemies. Dino is saying all of this to Marion. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if it's to be putting those thoughts in her head about him. Interesting. Yeah. Potentially. I think he does legitimately feel that way about Marion. And I think it's like, okay, in light of this thing that I can only use to help my game insofar as it helps someone else's game. And then that makes them friendly towards me. Right. I think he truly, and he, he's the one who speaks later on about like, you want a true, you know, person who loves the game to win. And he'll be like a good ambassador and stuff for the season. Yeah. Something they talk about a little bit more on the non-American survivors of like, who's going to be the ambassador of the season. Totally. I think he really does feel that Marion fits that category. Well, Tajian wins wine and pasta and this kills Steffi. A full bottle of wine and spaghetti bolognese. How I like, sounds good, but my God, I don't think I would feel good drinking that red wine quickly. Very heavy. Not the best. No. Dante goes and goes straight for that beer in Bolton. And then Dante and Shane, Dante with his beer, go to help Meryl and Killarney get their plates. Killarney gets something covered and it's a giant bowl of donuts. Oh, yeah. Insane. And then Dino kind of begrudgingly goes to help Tony. Because Tony's like yelling, oh, nobody comes and help Tony. I see how it is. It is good, uh forecasting um, what am i thinking of no forecasting exactly. i know but like there's foreshadowing thank you <laughs> this is great foreshadowing for the tribal that's coming up uh tony uh and then tony gets an egg and meryl gets something covered which ends up being the out bag you can send yourself on any reward until the top six and then they all eat a bit steffi's very upset none of the other people who get no food are quite as upset as steffi because it's like you're getting food, but you're getting fucking shit food. And she has like a moment earlier, her whole Tajian using yeah. her cup moment. So she's like pissed off about food. She's mentioned twice at this point that she's irritated that they just don't get a flat out merge mm-hmm. fees. They have to work for it. I mean, at least Tony with her egg, you're getting something that you haven't had constantly. Like, And it's just full on protein. Yes. What would you have wanted? Okay. I think 
A burger is very tempting. I think ribs and chips is pretty good because you get a lot of meat. Did anyone get a burger? Shane got a burger. Um, yes. Maybe the South African breakfast. I bet there's a lot of good stuff in there and a, not too much that's going to weigh you down or make you feel crummy. But yeah. then it's like, is like a cold egg that's been sitting there going to be good? <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, what's the thing? What's the perfect mm. intersection of going to taste good in the setting and, and going to give you fuel. Right. And not weigh me down too much. Yeah. I guess like maybe the ribs and chips. I think the ribs and chips is a pretty good one. Because it's like it doesn't have all the carbs of the burger. And it's like saucy and something different. And you can like have the flavor linger on your fingers <laughs> later. And... and I think it came with a beer, which is a fun drink that's yeah. okay at like room temperature. Hopefully it's not <laughs> hot, but and then like you're probably not going to feel too crummy after drinking one beer. Maybe even better than after you drink soda. Right. And uh, it's revealed at the end that Phil's also came with a key to a box that's back at camp turns out to be a um like a cooler full of beer and soda for their like oh we can cheers all together now that we've eaten they also at the beginning of the episode when they came into the merge camp things look a little more swanky than it have there's like a future life bar setup i mean are we talking about that i think we're just talking about challenges right now i just wanted to touch on that just as we're talking it's just like this is kind of like you know they're getting a bunch of food they bring some stuff back to tribe yes. or to camp. And they also, at the beginning of the episode, got some amenities as and well. And some cups and forks and things like that. Totally. That's okay. why I also just touched on the Steffi Tasian bowl situation. <laughs> it had bearing on this. It did, but we like I have more to talk about about that. Oh, really? Okay. I do. I just want him a little taste. Okay. Um, let's head into this episode's immunity challenge. So this is our very first individual immunity um, game. Yes. Very first individual (laughs) immunity game. (laughs) I couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Okay. The idol itself. Has now morphed into a necklace. Which looks like it's straight out of the Game of Thrones. Have we talked about how everything in Leroy... Brotha, I think is his name. He's just, he's the production manager, I think, on the season. Probably butchering his name, but just everything's a little overly designed. A little I, I too like it. futuristic I'm kind of vibe. I'm into it, but it's just funny. I, I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like when you're playing Survivor, things should be less stylized. Well, but then like you look at last season in Australia where the voting jar it was like this crazy skull with a fucking snake going through it and, and things were overly designed in a very garish way or at least but that's this still is, overly stylized well i know australia I just want a fucking was coconut. too much i'm saying at, at least this is like <laughs> overly stylized in at least a more aesthetically pleasing way where okay. it's not so garish it's I, not like a 14 year old boy designed it i'll take it all righty so for this one, you're standing on a platform that's slightly tilted. Leaning over the water. And you have three ropes, each slightly further away, I think, from where you are at. Hands over your head. You're holding onto the rope, so your body is extended. 
you're in an uncomfortable position, essentially like planking in the air. I know Nico describes it as it's like planking in the air. Okay, that's a timely reference. Is planking still a thing in South Africa? I mean, planking's a thing everywhere forever. Was planking ever really a thing in America? It was like huge for when I was like a sophomore in college. People would actually plank. I remember going and studying abroad in Scotland and there being a group of like three people who always like every place that we'd go to get like to and it was like a photo opportunity. They'd plank like, oh, look at these beautiful rolling highlands. Oh, I'm going to go plank on that fence. For so a photo. The, these are the Americans visiting Scotland who are yes. doing the planking. Yes. So that's why I think it was a thing in America. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I think I had dropped out of college and was uh, in the workforce at that point, working at factories with blue collar people who <laughs> weren't planking on, you know, assembly lines and whatnot. I mean, that'd be hilarious to see. I don't think someone just planking on the assembly line. <laughs> Going into like the forge. Fuck yeah. I never worked in like a metal foundry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and they have to stand on their tippy toes. Yeah, you're really stretched out. It looks like a very uncomfortable position. Hence the challenge. Um, almost immediately at the start of the challenge, Phil's just like, oh, Nico. Oh, no, Nico. There's a problem. And we cut. They don't, They never really. It's funny that it seems like they're being a little bit chased with it <laughs> where we don't really ever see a full on shot of Phil below the waist wetting himself. But yes, we, we do, do. But we do get a direct beneath him. Like we don't get like a wide shot where we can see his full body and see like urine coming down his pants. But we do get a shot like as if we're standing were directly underneath were, him yeah he's giving us a fucking golden shower as if we're marcel the shell and he's pissing on us jesus christ okay which has got to be somebody's fantasy right to be an anthropomorphic shell and have phil from survivor give you a golden shower that I mean, I'm specific sure. scenario I'm, I'm sure it is now i hope so cody are you telling me something <laughs> okay um two things with this with phil peeing himself with phil peeing himself which I will remind you was my Serafina teachable moment. I guess we did talk about this pretty solidly already. A little bit, but we can touch on it again. Phil, if you didn't say anything, everyone would have just thought it was water. You're standing over the goddamn ocean. Yeah. You don't need to say it. No I, one yeah. would know, Phil. I guess I'm glad he owns it. I just think, like, how much do you think he peed? Enough that it's dribbling. Enough that the wind blows it onto people. Steffi gets soaked with his pee. Everyone's a pretty good sport about it. Mm. It doesn't really come up outside of the scene. Um, mm. I just... It must like... And add, at the end. It must add a really uncomfortable layer to the challenge to be standing there in urine-soaked underwear. And socks. It Awful. went down your leg and it's in, like, in your socks and shoes. Your pee is in your shoes, man. And now it's like, do you have a change of underwear? Because even if you go wash this in the ocean, it's like, you still peed in these and they didn't get really washed. <laughs> I feel like they're going to be a little bit stiff and a little bit stinky. Plus, you're probably dehydrated, so it's not, like, good water, clean urine. It's just no good. It's a hot mess. Poor Go to Phil. the bathroom before the challenge, Phil. It happened so quickly in the challenge. You definitely the would have had time to go to the bathroom beforehand. 
And I guess we're done with the P corner for this week. <laughs> Felix is the first one out. Which I was a little bit surprised by. Yeah. It's all about that, like, shoulder strength. Yeah. And ability to stand on your tippy toes. They move to second position pretty quickly after Felix drops, and then Dino and Killarney are the next two to drop. After that come Dante and Meryl. And then it's just Phil versus Steffi. Well, I mean, Marion, Tony, and Shane go out, oh. then Tajian goes out, and then it's Phil versus Steffi. Man, I have like sparse notes on this challenge. <laughs> it's okay. Phil is doing this thing when it's just him and Steffi where he's his screaming is so weird. He does it throughout the challenge. He starts yelling before Tony, Shane, or Tajian drop out. He's just doing this like, ah, Well, to ah, me, it, it, it's not ah. even like, that's a little more in line with like, I'm in pain and I'm yelling. He's almost doing like a, ah, ah, like he's just like this the manic. energy, like I'm just releasing energy. Did Phil really pee his pants? I'm like, are you even really doing the challenge? Do you have a special thing that you're standing on that you're not really in pain <laughs> where you're just performatively making noises to make it seem like you are? Did peeing your pants help you grow a couple inches <laughs> and make it way easier? That's his trick. And then he, he somehow beats Steffi. And uh, oh, Steffi gives a good holler when she lets go. Yep. That was like a great like, whoo. And then I think it's Meryl tells Phil to rinse off before he joins them on the platform. And he won. And you pointed it out. He also makes the choice not to, like, dip his crotch fully into the water, but he rather... splashes himself? He Come splashes on, water up. You want to fully submerge. Maybe he wasn't wearing underwear. Is Maybe. it possible Phil was going commando? Maybe. I think he was prepared to pee his pants. I think it was a little <laughs> thing he in production had talked out. Phil, you're going to drink a bunch of water. And then you're just going to dribble a little bit, take off your underwear. But yeah, Phil wins. He's a little woohoo. He's very happy. He was very happy. And yeah, that was fun. Let's move into episode 14. The next immunity and reward. It's day 22. On this one, they have to race up dunes. Two boxes. Um, get keys from the boxes. No, no, no. They have to run up the dune sand hill. Right. There's that giant rope line with their three keys. They okay, have okay. to get one key at a time. Yes. And they have three boxes at the bottom of the hill. That makes sense. What is up with your note taking for these challenges, Cody? Sometimes I like I abbreviate <laughs> things in a way that is confusing me and trying to read this back. <laughs> so yeah, they're running up the dunes to get their keys, coming back, unlocking chests, taking out puzzle pieces from the chest, and then completing a puzzle. Completing the puzzle. Yes. Dante, is, oh, and then it's also for a reward, which yes. is the Chinese takeout and stir fry with chicken veggies. And then they really emphasize sweet soy, soy sauce, sauce. Yes. But sweet soy sauce. I don't know. What's I don't up know. With that? I don't know if it's actually. Okay. We'll talk about this when it comes to our game time. Do you mean like literally sweet soy sauce? Or, or do you think it's like. Oh, that sweet, sweet soy sweet, sauce. Sweet, sweet soy I sauce. I think it's more of that vibe that he's giving. Do you I think definitely so, really? think so. Like, mmm, that sweet, joyful soy sauce. I don't. That's insane to me. I 1000% think that's what he's oh, doing. And my favorite sweet, <laughs> sweet soy sauce. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it in quote games. I'm just very curious what 
because, you know, American Chinese food is, of course, very different than actual traditional Chinese food. I'm curious what the South African spin on Chinese food is. Okay. Um, yeah. And hat corner, Meryl is now wearing a South Africa hat, a hat with the South African flag on it. And that's what gives her her power. Ooh, like Mario. Dante starts off flying up the hill. He is killing those dunes. He's ripping the dunes apart. He's eating the dunes for breakfast. Mmm, tasty dune. Dante, Dino, and Tejan are the three who are kind of pulling ahead of the pack at the beginning with Dante really in the lead. But then Phil takes a little tumble down the hill and he does this again and it makes me wonder... Is it like a time-saving technique? Is Phil like rolling down the hill like, oh, I can preserve energy. I'll just go for a roll. I think he would have said something if that were the case. This in conjunction with the Phil peeing his pants, it makes me wonder like. (laughs) Is he senile? Is Phil just playing to camera this week? Is he really just trying to get some yuck-em-ups to, you know, some laughs under the belt to really get some fun moments in the edit? He's really trying to get that camera time. If I roll down the hill on accident, like a hilarious Mr. Bean type character, and then wet my pants multiple times, they'll have to include me in the edit. No Killarney over here. <laughs> um, Tejan is running even for his third key. He's a fucking beast in this challenge. Speaking of Killarney, she's the last one to get her first key. To the point where Dante almost laps her. Um, Yeah, but then you're right. Tajan is a beast as Dante starts to slow down. Right. Because he has exerted too much energy at the top of the challenge. Because he ran so fast that first time. Tajan overtakes him and takes a pretty solid lead on Dante. Um, But as we come to find out, running up the hill the fastest means fucking nothing in this challenge. Yeah, I mean, we have, like, some people, Killarney and Meryl, are literally reduced to crawling up the dunes at one point. Yes. But ultimately, they all are just on the puzzle, which is the equal, the great equalizer. Equalizer, yeah. Everyone is working on the puzzle. The people that were lagging behind have time to catch up and get to the puzzle. It all depends on how good you are at puzzle making. Yeah, you just arrive at this point where now we're all working on the puzzle and not really even, there's... We're all at the same stage of the puzzle, essentially, too. Dante did have quite a huge lead, but it comes to be nothing. Yeah, because uh, Meryl, who moments ago was crawling up the dunes, uh, fucking, and gave birth eight years ago, this very day, gets the puzzle win. She, it's her son's birthday. And it's also the day that she was voted out on her previous season of Survivor. She starts to cry, and Nico tells her it's okay to cry. And Dante's just bummed out. And then as we've discussed, cinching the Miss Congeniality Award Mm. for me this week, she invites Phil, Dino, and Rice Girl, Steffi, to the Chinese food challenge with her. And then they ultimately end up with blankets instead of Chinese food. Dante's extremely unhappy he lost. And bummed out that Meryl didn't bring him. Uh, Meryl does talk about, like, I said I chose people that didn't need it the first reward, but really it's, like, to give some space from Dante and to be strategizing with people that I want to be moving forward with. 
Yeah, you know, she's both. She's thoughtful and miscongeniality while also maintaining her strategy. What a double threat. <laughs> Moving on to the next immunity challenge. Episode 15. So, in two rounds, they're going to be spinning. Okay, no, this one is... Oh, yeah, the ball in the right. wheel. So... Right, you start which is usually it. Like using, that is usually the full challenge. Let's fully. Exp we haven't said what okay. they're doing. <laughs> using centrifugal centrifugal force. Centrifugal. Yeah, there's like a marble in a wooden circle, and you have to keep the marble moving around the circle. At first, you're standing on top of the beam, and then you have to walk down the beam a little bit, and then you have to walk further down the beam after pausing there. And then the last six people to win on the balance beam go on to a table maze. And then once you're through the table maze, you go on to a vertical ball maze. The Hashtag first three. Survivor Philly. God, this was like three. This is fucking three challenges in a row. Survivor South Africa is fucking crazy. They're super rough. Like they're, they push you to the max in a good way. I feel like Survivor Australia, all the challenges are very physicality based. In Survivor South Africa, it's not full on just brutal physicality, but a lot of complicated different segments to the challenge. It's kind of how they up the ante. Really endurance based. Like you have to fucking rock a lot of shit out. Yeah, they love the multiple phase challenge. Now, Cody, we're not just playing for immunity, but we're playing for reward. And what is the reward? Suddenly we're in a car commercial because we're playing for the Mahindra SUV 300. Hilarious that they say 300 instead of 300. Dino is gagged. He, he wants that car. He wants that Mahindra. And then they also get to test drive it along the sunshine, sunshine coast for tapas and wine. I mean, that sounds fantastic. They draw for spots. And then the balls begin to spin. Spin, spin, spin. Felix, Felix. is, again, the first out. <laughs> um, really has, not a threat to anybody. He doesn't have good upper body. Well, no, he has good upper body strength. He's not good at coordination, stretching himself or spinning balls. <laughs> He's not good with ball play. Bad at ball play. Hashtag Felix. Uh, Marion's the second one out. No Mahindras for them. Steffi goes out third. Uh, and Phil is physically bouncing his body as he's doing it. It If he was feminine, it would be very sensual, especially if he had boobs. Yeah. I kind of wish Phil had big voluptuous breasts and were bouncing as his ball circled. <laughs> Shane is in the fourth out. And then... Killarney gets out on the countdown to the transition down the beam. And now it's just Phil versus Dino. Because Meryl and Tasian went out. Versus Tasian. No, it's we're on no. the second as they're moving down. Oh, wait, no, no. There's okay. Killarney's out to, on the countdown and then Meryl goes out. Yes. And then for a moment, it's Phil versus Dino versus Tasian. And then Tasian drops. And then they have 10 seconds to walk further down the ramp. They're and going for the advantage. Dino versus Phil, brother versus brother. And Dino takes it. He wins the Mahindra. So Tasian, Dino, Merrill, and Phil are on 
for the next. Yeah, and Dino gets an advantage. Um, he has one less hole he has to navigate past in the table maze. Okay, now when they were describing this, like, table maze into wall maze, I did not expect that, like, you finish the table maze, you run up to the wall maze. Like, I thought it was, like, a... A full stop. That, yes. like, okay, you finish the table maze, you're the first person, and when the next two people get through, then we'll, we'll then start yeah. the round of the vertical maze. Fuck no. No, you finish the table maze and go directly into the vertical maze, meaning that if you finish the table maze fast enough, you have a huge advantage on winning. potentially winning the Mahindra. Which, Tajian, fucking killing it. And then Dino is number two on the vertical maze, and Meryl is the third. So it's just these three battling it out on the vertical maze for the Mahindra. The hardest part of this is you also have to be balancing on a fucking beam. Oh, yeah. While pulling up the fucking balls on this wall. It's like you have two lines, one in each arm, and you're way far back mm -hmm. from the vertical maze itself. So you have to kind of like lean back and find the right slack. And then you're using the two balls to like raise a platform with or the two ropes, ropes. to raise a platform. That has like a hundred feet away yeah. from you with the ball on it, moving it past holes in the vertical pegboard to get to the top hole. While you're balancing on a beam. It was recently featured on... Oh, yeah, and you're fucking also balancing on a beam. That's <laughs> and crazy. if you fall off the beam, even if your ball doesn't fall, you it's have to drop start over. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah. If you stepped off the beam... Right, you have to start at the bottom of the maze. You have to fully start at the bottom of the maze. It's like multiple times people stepped off the beam even though their ball was still balancing. And then Nico tells them you've got you to start over. Yeah. That's the That seemed like the fucking hardest part of this. Super tough. Yeah, the same type of thing was re recently featured on Survivor Philly, but they're able to be much closer to it. Yeah. Making it much easier. I love it. Um, Tajian scores, Dino scores, Tajian scores, scores number two, Dino scores number two. Right, because you have to get three balls in, right? So it's literally neck to neck, Tajian in the lead. It kind of looks like windsurfing with these long cords that you're holding onto. Um, and then Tajian drops his ball, leaving... Dino the chance to snag it. It's what we all wanted to happen. But it's so... Okay. And then... Okay. So, yeah. Dino wins. Tejan is absolutely guttered. And then talks about my teachable moment where he's fucking begging on his knees to go on the reward. But, Dino, this is such a bad one to win if you're really in the market to win the 2 million ran. It's interesting because Dino gets a little bit emotional and he talks about how, you know, it's both something to like check off his survivor bucket list. And he had some financial hard times in 2016. Mm -hmm. He owned a car since 2016. But yes, there is the car curse of we're not too far out from the end of the game and you've won this big luxury, exciting item does it make people less inclined to vote for you to get a million dollars? Potentially. Two million rand, I should say. All right. So we've talked about that reward. Right. Um, Dino is going to take Steffi, Merrill, and Phil, the non-feast or Chinese food eaters, with him on reward. The other people get to choose rocks, and the person who picks the black rock goes to outpost. Marion. Marion gets the black rock. Which brings to my miscongeniality moment. And Tajian's just fucking, he doesn't get the outpost or the car. He's very sad. Yes. To the point where he says part of him died inside. And then back at camp, he's like, 
oh, my mom would have loved it. She would have really loved the color of yeah. it. Yeah. Get over it, dude. Get over Come yourself, Tajan. Karate chop those feelings back into a more respectable zone. I'm going to karate chop us right over to our final challenge of the week. Episode 16, final immunity, the blind maze puzzle. They're moving a peg through a maze, but they can't see it because they have to reach around a locked gate and move it through blindly. So it seems like the most effective. And then after that, a giant block stacking puzzle where the blocks are the size of you, a different color and symbol on each face of the block. No repeats. You have to somehow align them vertically. So, yeah, no repeating colors. Looks difficult. Um, Yeah, it seems like for the through the gate, it's almost like a, a table puzzle itself. You're like you have like a a thing that you're moving through notches to get through a maze. It's the key, the key for the door. Yeah, for sure. You have to like kind of feel it with your hands and then move a little bit, try to trace the right path. Braille style. Definitely difficult. Um, They're not playing for any reward. So as they are rocking out this blind like maze, they're, fumbling with it quite a bit but dino of course first one through runs onto the puzzle felix is the second through the gate and then phil is the third so the no bs alliance is really killing it on this challenge in particular hell yeah um meryl shane marion then tasian follow up with clarney being the only person left clarney really struggles on the gate uh, notch maze aspect of this one. Absolutely. Then they're all even up except for Killarney on the, the block stack. They look very heavy. Yes. These blocks. They look like they're fucking difficult as hell to move around. They're large and wooden. They must be at least 20 pounds each. It would be so hard just to be exhausted and to lose your focus mm-hmm. and to like, oh, I, like to do this puzzle, I have to do something that's so physical. It's hard to think at the same time. Absolutely. Meryl and Tajan call for Nico at the same time, almost at the same time. Meryl calls him first, and then Tajan like a moment after to have their puzzles checked. Oh, is it Marion? Yes. You're right. You're right. And then Marion takes it. She was like a second ahead of Tajan, and then hers was correct. Unclear if Tajan's was. Yeah. Another moment of Tajan just being real close to nabbing victory and having it snatched out at the last moment. And this is like, yeah, this is where that real overflow of Marion's emotions comes out. She's so incredible. Like, she's one of those players that, like, never thought that winning a challenge would be on her, like, checked off. I want an individual immunity. And this one's pretty physical. Yeah, she specifically says that she had come to terms with the idea that she full-on was not going to win an individual immunity challenge. Yeah. It must be very exciting to fucking nab, especially an individual immunity win in Survivor. Absolutely. Especially, like, looking at the physicality of so... And the physicality and, like, Dino's a fucking puzzle. Like, it's his literal job. I like how, yeah, Dante's kind of being validated that, yeah, Dino works in puzzles and he is super formidable on every puzzle. Absolutely. Yeah, and that brings us to the end of the challenges. I think that we kick it to a quick break before we 
wrap up this episode. Play some games, talk some odds and ends. I do have a special game for you this week, Cody, and I can't wait to share it with you soon. Be back in a sec. Bye-bye. Welcome back to Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcasts, week number four. We just got a new addition into the studio, and uh, she's real happy to be here. Dog of the pod, Chloe Jabulani. Yeah, Chloe, we said your name, your tail's wagon. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We- yep. This is why Cody says if we had a pet when we met, we wouldn't be married. We are post talking immunity. We got a little odds and ends to chat, a couple games to play, and then we'll be talking next week on the pod. Yep, sorry. The dog just got way too cute. Alright, yes, this dog is distracting us. She's like, paws up on Cody, being like, hey, why aren't you petting me constantly? I'm supposed to be your best friend. Let's roll through our last few talking points and wrap this week up. Okay, first thing that we have to talk about is right at the top of the week, when fucking Felix and Dante are reunited. Oh, yeah. And we get to see Felix's pure joy and rubbing of Dante's head. Marion calls them boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, I do love that the merged tribe is named after Beyonce's sister, Solange. Yes. Good it's stuff. perfect. And we've talked about their future life breakfast bar. They're like five to six bananas. But one thing that... Okay, five to six bananas for the whole tribe. Weird. Suspect. Did, also, do we think Phil, Shane maybe or, yeah, like Shane. ate a couple of the bananas? I mean, if you went to go get it, you sure as hell better have eaten some bananas, Shane. Because how many people are in the game at this point? Like, at least ten. He ate like four bananas <laughs> on the way back. And then we do have the whole Steffi and Tasian cup drama. Oh, yeah. The bowl. You ate out of my bowl. Which seems to be that I think it's Felix is preparing breakfast. He calls over to Steffi. says yours is like front left. Mm-hmm. Cut to or it seems like Tasian almost immediately takes it. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, you have my bowl. And then his only response is like, I think mine is clean. Yeah. It's like, why the fuck didn't you take your own then, bro? It doesn't really escalate beyond that. No. And Steffi's worried that it makes her look bad. But Tajan definitely just looks like an asshole, I feel like. Absolutely. Tajan had a bad week. Tajan did have a bad week. We should start awarding. Tajan was sloppy this week. We should start awarding sloppiest week award. And I okay. think it was Tony last week. And it's definitely. No, because mm. Tony was eliminated this week. Yeah. Pinty's gotten in a few weeks. But it's Tajan this week for sure. What would we? Who would we name it after? Um. The Alex Jones Doctor Sloppy Slop Award. <laughs> Doctor Sloppy Slop. Well, okay. We'll 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 keep the idea flowing. The Elon Musk 
sloppy, sloppy slopperton award. How, how is he related to Survivor? He's from South Africa. Really? Yeah. Hmm. He's always saying dumb shit. We hate those people. But he's a genius and <laughs> rich. Okay. Sticking with Felix, there's this moment after that first, um, no, before the first immunity, where Felix is really struggling with what to do. He admits the idea that he's, like, become friends or is friends with everybody, and that now that they're merged, his friends over here aren't friends with his friends over there, <laughs> and he's in a precarious situation. It's both a precarious situation and a position of power, potentially, as well. I wouldn't hate to see Felix take it all. I think he is at least going to get pretty far, and I think he will survive post the inevitable breaking up of the No BS Alliance. Yeah. Let's see. Um, Tejan goes idol hunting a little bit later on this week and sees a yellow ribbon round an old oak tree. <laughs> Gets a little idol action. Um, Steffi calls Tejan a John Kerry, says he's a flip-flopper, doesn't mm. trust him. And I do, I found this very interesting. Before Tony is voted off, Marion reveals that she is, in fact, not over Tony targeting her for, for her, her skin condition yeah. and just that she thought it was a very out of line move and that she wants Tony out specifically for that reason. I mean, valid ish. A hundred percent valid, I think. Just I think it speaks to Marion being willing to really play her cards close to her chest. Absolutely. She will. She will work with you and straight up comfort you. To keep you on her side while still holding a, and I say a grudge, and that sounds like I'm using judgmental language, but right. I think a fair grudge or like a point of anger against Tony. She, she'll forgive, but not forget. Mm. Very classic situation there. Sticking with Marion. Yes. There's this new budding alliance between Marion and Phil that I can't quite tell if it's actually happening or if they're just like playing each other but I kind of love it mm. like I love because the women's alliance I don't remember what their name was the full, full package, package full has package totally alliance. been demolished at this by point. the end of this week it is fully dead with Marion being the only survivor exactly it, right? so I kind of want Phil's alliance to disintegrate, but Marion and Phil. Do we want Dino to stick around in that situation as well? I mean, like he's on our fucking our fantasy league. Yeah. So for that reason, yeah. But no, I kind of love the idea of Phil and Marion kind of mm. like bringing it to the tops. I wouldn't hate that. I have a hard time cutting Dino off, but I don't know if he's going to go all the way. Yeah. Um, Meryl washes her armpits this episode this week. Yeah. So all you armpit fetishists out there, look for that. There's a big discussion about the idea of voting blocks versus alliances and how that's like once merge comes, that's kind of the shift is you have your little alliance, but you'll move with other alliances to do voting blocks. It's like, okay, I feel like we have that conversation every season, but now is the time that they're having it. This season? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you have... Your top five at this stage of the game. It's something we discussed. Do you want to lay on me a quick top five corner? Yep. 
Oh man. Who's your top five? Fucking hell. Yeah, I know. Oh, we made well, it no, I made it before Steffi, Steffi was voted out. Literally, Steffi's like both of our top a five. half a page ahead of Steffi getting voted out. I have Steffi as my first in the top five. So we'll do a top four because we made this list <laughs> before this last final tribal. So Steffi would have been in our top five, but our top four at this stage in the game. Literally, Dino, Felix, Phil, and Marion. <laughs> Dino, Felix, Phil. I've got okay. Dino, Felix, Marion. Tasian. No, Phil. I forgot about Phil. He peed his pants this week. Okay, <laughs> you know what? And that but Tasian was a sloppy bitch this week too. That karate kick did a lot. Okay, for me. it was pretty great. He's my fucking ultimate survivor. He's got to be in my top four. Okay, I'll give it to you. We're pretty close. We're pretty aligned. Killarney, sorry. Who sorry. else are we? <laughs> sorry, Killarney. Um, Shane, sorry, sorry, Shane. Sorry that we're forgetting um, about you too. That we have to pause to remember <laughs> who the fuck else is in this. If there's anyone else uh, really hurtful, yeah. No, I think that's it. Okay, good. I do like Killarney and Shane. Okay, uh, me too, but just not in my tops. Steffi goes home. It breaks my heart. Marion at the outpost. We already talked about that. Now, Meryl actually does give the out advantage to Tajan. Yes, yes, she does. It's my next note as well. Um. It's funny. He gets his reward token, and then Tajan's like, I had to break the praying mantis alliance? What the fuck is that all about? I know. He's fucking weird. And then Dino gives or shows Marion the save the date. So it feels like Phil and Dino are romancing Marion. Courting Marion. Especially Dino, after the Steffi vote, is like, did I just make the dumbest move ever? Am I a complete fool? Right. So uh, giving that or the like, because he giving her the save the date is almost him trying to patch up that relationship. I agree. The Steffi vote looms very large at the end of this week. It had it huge ramifications. It's like a major turning point in the game, a big crossroad where the game could have gone this way with the full package alliance, and now it's going this fully separate branch. Especially with Meryl going home as well. I was going to say that's the only other note that I kind of want to touch base on. I know we talked about it slightly. But absolutely crazy the move that they make of sending Mer- like Meryl deciding to give Marion the go back pass. Yeah. And then them still turning and killing Marion or Meryl. Like the height of strategic drama. It's really a crazy confluence of events to have happen. Oh, yes. And then, um, yeah, I think that brings us all of our odds and ends. Now, Cody, normally we would end on the quote challenge, which we still will. But before the quote challenge, I need you to do a quick thing for me. Okay. I need you to write down all of the players in your notebook. Like their names? Yes. Of the whole season or just actively currently in the game? I have 11 people, so probably not everybody. Write down who you can think of. Just anyone in the season I can think of? Right now, yeah. Who's currently playing? And tell us who you're writing down. Okay. Dino. Got you. Steffi. Perfect. But she was just voted off. That's okay. Include her. Tony? Yep. Phil? Yes. Should I be doing this in the form of who is Phil? No. Just write him down. Okay. Um. Shane. Mm-hmm. This is the hardest game yet. <laughs> this isn't even the game. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm missing some ladies. Marion. 
Okay, you have Tony. Should I include Meryl? Yeah. Killarney? Yep. How many people do you have right now? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Do you have Felix? No. Artesian? No. So you have Tony, Meryl, Marion, Shane, Steffi, Dino, Dante, Killarney. I did not include Dante. Okay. Now I've got them all, I think. All right. So I am going to give you a profession. Oh, shit. And you have to tell me which player has that job. Oh, damn. <laughs> I love this. Okay. This is great. I mean, I, I, okay. I know Dino is a puzzle master. Okay. So we should cross that off. Dino is, he's technically An escape a room. live escape An room escape owner. room owner. Okay. Yep. So I'm crossing off Dino. Yes. Dante. Dino. Dino. Yep. I you always get them confused all the time. They're sworn enemies. I know. Life. Okay. Do you know anyone else's job right off the bat? I do not. Okay. Who is a podcaster for their profession? Oh, Dante. Okay. okay. Yep. I remember that. After you said it, I remember it. <laughs> Which is doesn't seem... It's not what I would expect. Not at all. I, I wonder ex- what his podcast's about. I would expect like common criminal, pitpocketer, thug. <laughs> Goon. A goon. I'm just kidding. I like Dante. Who is a fashion buyer? A fashion buyer. is It's not Tajian, is it? It is not Tajian. Uh, Meryl? Not Meryl. Oh, shit. Steffi? Nope. Marion. Marion is a fashion buyer. Damn. Um... <laughs> Who is a risk assessment manager? Risk assessment manager. <laughs> Felix? Close. Phil? Phil. Phil is a risk assessment manager. So then who's the key account manager? Felix? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta gave me that one. Um, okay. Key account manager? Yeah, no idea what that means. What type of account? Uh, no clue. That's such a br- broad <laughs> thing to say. Who is a martial artist? He's got to be Tajian, right? Nope. Oh, shit. Killarney? Killarney is a martial artist as their profession. That's kind of cool. I know, right? I think she has a dojo. Maybe. Who's a holistic movement coach? Steffi. Nope. Meryl. Meryl. Meryl is the holistic movement coach. I'm only counting myself as getting three points so far. The ones I've gotten on first guess. I love it. Meaning I, I suck. And you're crossing off names, too, so am, it's getting easier and easier. Yeah, I know, but I'm kind <laughs> of doing worse as we go. Who's the fitness coach and model? Steffi. Yes. The model part gives it away so hard. Absolutely. Um, A set director. Tajian. No, 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 Shane. Shane. I know it's Shane. So then who is an engineer? Tajian. And then what do you think Tony's job is? Oh, fuck. Oh, boy. Stay at home mom. Um, I mean, pretty close. She's a business owner. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I have no idea. It's like, I wonder if it's kind of like um, Redhead, what's her name? Business, where she's just like on Instagram and makes t shirts from an old season, older season. Okay. Who is that? Oh, what? Santony? Yeah. Santoni? That's why it's like, is it a business like Santoni's business? I'm like Redhead. What's her? Mary Jane Watson from <laughs> Spider-Man? <laughs> All right. Now we can play the real game, Cody. Rolling into game number two. What do you have for me, Game Master? Well, ending on our quote game, 
You know the rules. Wait, let me give you an acapella. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. To so introduce you, the next game. Yes, I love it. Thank Acapella you. Jeopardy. You know the rules. You're trying to guess who said it and what the context was. It's time for another edition of Jackie's Quote Game. Ba, 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 ba. Wow, wow. Part of me is dead inside. Tajian. <laughs> after remember? he lost the, Mahind- <laughs> the Mahindra. That could only be Tajian after the <laughs> sloppy week he had. Absolutely. Um, how about. I'm going to keep track of my own points. The more you blend, the better. Killarney. When? At Tribal. Yeah. I can't tell you Final what tribal. tribal. Episode 15. Damn, I'm two for two. That's pretty impressive. What is Chinese food without sweet soy sauce? <laughs> Nico? See, he, yes, Nico for the immunity reward and reward challenge. But yeah, he's definitely saying it as a... What is Chinese food without sweet soy sauce? I really don't think so. I, I think I think he's absolutely talking about like some type of bizarre South African sweet soy sauce. Uh, or maybe Nico's palate is all fucked up and he thinks salty things are sweet. Maybe. Okay, but the word soy sauce definitely has to make its way into our, sweet sauce. our title this week. Sweet okay. soy sauce. So we need some other S phrases and words. <clears throat> I love it. Um, is friendship going to buy me a house? Uh, that's Marion. It is Marion. Holy shit, you're doing great this week. Dissolution of the fucking full package alliance. Mm, Continuing that thought, it's like a bad divorce. Meryl. Talking about, oh my God, I am on fire. You are on fire. When was Meryl, when did Meryl, when was she talking about a bad divorce? I guess talking about the full package alliance. It is, it is, it is. I'm the quote master this week. (laughs) Do you have more quotes? I do. God, I'm, I'm, I haven't missed any yet. And I'm really feeling the pressure now. Beautiful setting. Just one thing missing. My merge feast. Oh, that's got to be Steffi. It is Steffi. Yes. Right at the very beginning, disappointed with that lack of merge feast. Steffi was really, really feeling the lack of merge feast, which like just made, I was so tickled by the deliciousness of her getting the rice and then felt so bad for her at the same time. Um, This next one I'm going to say with a little affectation because it's how it's said. I don't think it's appropriate for me to say it like this, but it's necessary. But I'm doing it anyways. <laughs> Why doesn't Felix love me and my jokes no more? That's Phil. <laughs> it is Phil. <laughs> Phil being bummed out, worried his alliance is breaking down. But it's still going strong into week five. <sighs> oh, my word. The queen comes in adorned in jewelry, bringing the peasants blankets. And all of you can do is like, <laughs> I love this moment. It's Meryl coming. Oh, my word worship my feet so funny meryl coming in with the blankets feeling as if she's not getting the kudos deserved i am eight for eight i've never been so proud of myself in my life marion yeah after winning individual immunity yeah all right i got two more oh boy i think you're gonna take a full sweep this week um Yes, I'm in the clear and skedaddle on out, out of there. Yes, I'm in the clear 
and skedaddle out of there. What? What is this? What? Should I I go to the other one and let you think on that for a minute? Sure. Okay. Skedaddle. That's why I wrote this quote down, because he literally said skedaddle. Oh, 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 that's a huge clue. It is a huge clue. When they come to Ponderosa, Tony will open his arms. Yes, I did re-listen to this four times to make sure this is correct. Will open his arms and say, hey, let me help you through this difficult part because I've been there. You try to throw me a curveball because it's Tony referring to themselves, <laughs> but then using the wrong gender? Supposedly? Okay. Gosh, so to take the clean sweep of 11 for 11, I have to figure out the skedaddle quote, huh? (laughs) Yes, I'm in the clear and skedaddle out of there. Think about the context it's in. I'm in the clear and skedaddle. Well, I have no context. I mean, what would you be in the clear of? Who would be in the clear of what? I have no idea. Oh, 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 fuck, yes. (laughs) Tajian finding the idol. Yes. 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 (laughs) And that makes Cody the winner of Quote Week. Damn, that was so satisfying. I'm so glad you're satisfied. (laughs) (laughs) He did skedaddle on out of there. He did. He found the yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. Tajian still is safe for one more week. I love it. But tree doesn't rhyme with week. It does too. Okay. So that brings me to the end of my games this week. Hashtag Game Master. I think it also brings us to the end of the episode this week. Yes, we are a week behind. So look for our season or our week five coverage coming right on the tails of this one. Like probably tomorrow. Absolutely. And we're going to be barreling on towards the end of the season here pretty quickly. That's scary. But you know what's exciting? What? We're getting ever so closer to the Spice Girl game. Yeah, we're real close. We are. All right. Well, find us at INT Survivor Cast. Follow us on all the social media. And come check us out if you're in Minnesota sometime. Bye. You've just listened to a Reality Pod International podcast. Find more episodes and other great shows at Reality Pod INT on Twitter. Rate, review, subscribe, and find us on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening.